0: This is a Squiz podcast, where are shortcut to being informed. G'day. Before we get into the episode, if you tuned into News Club last week, you'll know there was big news in our world in the past few weeks as Meta looks to retreat from news in Australia. It's a decision that has a few outcomes, but one that is possible is that Meta might pull news content from Facebook and Instagram altogether. They have form. What it means for news publishers like the Squiz? Well, it's a bit unsure but we're doing a bit of reflecting. To help us, we're asking you to please take a quick survey for us. A link to do so is in your episode notes. It's seven questions, two minutes of your time, but the information could really help us steer the ship as we look towards the future.
1: When Saudi Arabia pumped billions of dollars into backing the rival Live Golf Tour, there were howls of outrage, with many athletes and commentators calling it a blatant example of sports washing. So in this squeeze shortcut, we look at what the heck sports washing even is, some of its most high-profile examples, and how fraught this is all getting for both sports and businesses. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Tai.
0: And I'm Claire Kimball.
1: Claire, I'm not a huge fan of these multi-syllable invented words that you have (laughs) to explain, but this one, sports washing, seems to have caught on. So let's explain it.
0: So, I'm with you on these invented words, but let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, All it is, is a country or a corporation using sport to improve their reputation. Usually, these are entities that have been tainted by some form of wrongdoing.
1: And the washing image comes in when you think about it, like the country or corporation associating themselves with this amazing sports team or event so that we can just wash ourselves clean of our track record of human rights abuses or some such so no one will focus on all the bad things we're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And look, we've got to be careful making the distinction here because, of course, there's nothing wrong with businesses sponsoring sports teams Mm. uh, to try to improve their standings and that's why corporations pay big bucks around the globe to have their low. Logos all over players. Uh, but the key with sports washing is that it's being done to try to paper over some bad
1: deeds. And golf is the place that we are starting. So when Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour launched a year ago... It was like a bomb went off in the sport of golf.
0: Yeah, the acrimony between the players who stayed with the traditional PGA Tour and those who took a slice of the billions of dollars on offer from Mm -hmm. the Saudis was really intense. And remember, Australia's Cam Smith was one of the first big name signings. He and everyone else who joined Liv copped huge criticism.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people accused the golfers of taking, quote, blood money, and there was a pretty deep examination or airing of Saudi Arabia's human rights record, which includes the execution of political dissidents, mass beheadings, harsh penalties for members of the LGBTQ plus community, and the high-profile killing of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi in twenty eighteen by Saudi agents.
0: Yeah, and even though there's been a deal between Live and the PGA in the last couple of weeks, Amnesty International is one of those human rights organisations that's calling the merger sports washing at its finest. Uh, it says we must not allow this announcement to overshadow Saudi Arabia's atrocious human rights record.
1: At least two committees in the US Congress have opened investigations into the deal between the PGA and LIV, and so has the US Justice Department.
0: Yeah, so there's pretty significant opposition to the deal in Congress for all the reasons we've just mentioned, and they're looking to scuttle it any way they can.
1: All right, next up, we're going to leave the world of golf and look at some of the other high-profile examples of sports washing. Claire, probably the most talked about case of sports washing last year was the 2022 Soccer World Cup. Football's governing body FIFA copped huge criticism for giving the hosting rights to Qatar, even though a lot of countries didn't want to play there, given Qatar's human rights record.
0: Exactly. And remember, same-sex marriages are illegal in Qatar. You can be thrown in jail if you found out, and stoning is still on the books as a punishment. Uh, Then there's the terrible exploitation of migrant workers. Uh, The Socceroos actually put out a video urging law changes in Qatar, and a lot of other teams put up rainbow flags in their compounds as a protest.
1: There was another really notable feature of this World Cup – Before and after the tournament, there was a huge tourism campaign run by Qatar. They really used the World Cup as a classic case of sports washing. Nothing to see here but this nice, friendly, sanitised version of Qatar in all these beautiful, glossy ads.
0: And, Alex, you might remember that David Beckham was one who was under a lot of pressure for the deal Mm. that he did with Qatar. Uh, He was paid more than $250 million to be the country's global ambassador. Mm. For over a decade, uh, he copped a lot of flack, but his defence was that he strongly believes that sport, and this is the quote, has the power to be a force for good.
1: And it was pretty noteworthy last year when different organisations took a stance against Russia after it invaded Ukraine, essentially not letting Russia get away with sports washing.
0: Yeah, we talked about that a fair bit last year. Mm. Uh, The International Olympic Committee was one. FIFA was another. They both moved to ban Russia and its ally Belarus from competition. Wimbledon is another. It wouldn't let Russian players compete. Other tournaments only let individual athletes compete as neutrals with no flag. Uh, The UK even forced a Russian oligarch to sell his stake in an English Premier League team.
1: Which might not seem like a huge punishment for Russia's atrocities in Ukraine, but it did take away a pretty powerful tool in normalising what the Russians were doing. Imagine, say, if Putin had turned up to the World Cup in Qatar, or if a Russian player had hoisted up the winner's trophy at Wimbledon.
0: Yeah, and of course one of the most awful ways that sport has been used as a political weapon, Uh, remember Nazi Germany hosted the 1936 Summer Olympics which really served as a rally for Hitler's propaganda and even though Jewish people were already by that point in time the victims of the most awful treatment, the whole Olympic show broadcast to the world was probably one of the most egregious displays of sports washing that the world has ever seen.
1: So we have talked pretty much exclusively about sports washing on the international stage, but there has been plenty of debate about it happening here in Australia as well.
0: Yeah, so late last year, the big mining company Hancock Prospecting, which is owned by Gina Reinhardt, it withdrew $15 million of sponsorship from Netball Australia. That was after Diamond's players spoke out about some terribly racist comments that Reinhardt's father, Lang Hancock, made in the 1980s.
1: Yeah, so the team backed Indigenous player Danelle Wollum, who said she couldn't wear a uniform with the company's logo. And this is where you see how complex this question is of whether something is even sports washing or not. You had a lot of people defending the players on the grounds of standing up for their values. But there was also a strong defence of Gina Reinhardt and her value as a legitimate sponsor.
0: And it's fascinating because, of course, Gina Reinhart has just been made the West Australian of the year. Uh, So on one hand, Hancock Prospecting is a huge company. It's creating a lot of wealth and jobs in Australia and it's had long partnerships, including with the Australian Olympic Committee, uh, Rowing Australia, a number of elite swimmers. Um, But at the same time, you had to feel for Wallam in all of this uh, and how it was handled all around.
1: And it's important to note that getting sponsorship dollars in women's sport is already a challenge. So by athletes speaking out on matters of principle to them, it genuinely risks money coming into their sport.
0: Yeah, it's exactly right. So uh, when you think of some of the big sponsorships in Australian sport alcohol, sports betting, junk food, um, soft drink. They drive, of course, commercialised sport, but they also put a lot of money into the grassroots clubs. So those sponsorships becoming more problematic for teams, uh, you've got to ask where do they turn because there might be an even smaller and ever-shrinking pool of corporations that meet everyone's moral and ethical standards.
1: Next up, we are taking a look at another type of washing that's triggering big debate. Do you wash your legs in the shower? So, Claire, sports washing has actually got a pretty close cousin that gets talked about a lot, and that is greenwashing. That's when companies inflate their environmental credentials to make themselves sound Warmer and fuzzier and better for the planet than they really are.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting that the corporate watchdogs ASIC and the ACCC, they recently mm. announced a real crackdown on this. They looked at about 250 brands across Australia and they came to the conclusion that more than half had promoted, and this is the quote, concerning claims about their environmental credentials
1: So this might be anything from packaging with the words kind to the planet or eco-friendly or sustainable. Or it could be bigger claims about products like being 100% plastics free or producing zero emissions. The ACCC is worried that there's not a lot of robust evidence floating around to support some of these claims.
0: Yep. I remember when we spoke about this uh, on the Squiz Today podcast, it was back in March, and Mm. ASIC also launched its first court case that alleged greenwashing against a super fund. Um, It was making claims about sustainable investment options, and ASIC says that they weren't sustainable at all.
1: And of course, this intersects right back with sports washing, because environmental groups accuse major polluters of trying to wash away their own bad reputations through sport or other major events?
0: Mining Company Santos is one. It's the major sponsor of the Wallabies, Uh, of course our rugby union side. Uh, Woodside has the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, Alinta Energy is the principal partner of Cricket Australia. And until recently, these sorts of partnerships were pretty uncontroversial. But now a lot of companies are getting caught between athlete blowback and green groups trying to undermine them.
1: Yeah, so the Australian Conservation Foundation put out a report last year saying these fossil fuel companies were trying to greenwash their image and the lead author, Professor Emma Sherry, called for sports organisations to move away from these corporate sponsors like they have around, quote, tobacco, alcohol and gambling.
0: And when we talk about Alinta Energy, of course, remember the Aussie cricket captain Pat Cummins announced last year that he wouldn't do any ads for them. That was last Mm. year because of its carbon emissions and that sponsorship is just about to come to an end because it was pretty untenable for the company to be with the captain who doesn't back it.
1: Yeah. And there was a pretty big storm around Cummins at the time. A lot of commentators were basically telling him to stay in his lane and calling him out for being a hypocrite or taking charter flights or driving a Range Rover.
0: It got pretty heated there for a while. Hmm. Uh, and it has in federal parliament too. Uh, you might remember last year that Green Senator Sarah Hansen Young turned up to the annual Midwinter Ball last year in a dress that was covered with anti-fossil fuel slogans. Um, so even though that charity ball. Uh, It forced the organisers to cut ties with Woodside and with
1: And of course, that midwinter ball was just last night, and it is the press gallery who organises it. So this year, to try and appease everybody, they said there will be no corporate sponsors of the ball whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And as we mentioned before, you know, that's dollars that aren't going to charities and aren't sponsoring good events. So it's a really difficult line to walk. Uh, It's a really difficult line for companies as well and for teams and really for anyone to try and navigate.
1: It sure is an interesting space. That is your shortcut to sports washing. claire each week on the shortcut we give you a recommendation for some further reading listening or watching this week john oliver he does a hilarious takedown of the world cup in qatar he's an american late night talk show host and comedian the clip i've linked is almost 25 minutes watch the whole thing but even if you just get five in it's hilarious
0: Yeah, I love it. When John Oliver does those, he does them so very well. (laughs) Very cutting takedowns that are very funny Mm. as well. Um, For me, Sports Illustrated, and I know you might associate that with really good-looking women on the front cover, uh, but it's got some great in-depth sports journalism and there's a really good piece on sports
1: washing, funnily enough. Those links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests for future shortcuts, you can send them through to hello at the squiz.com.au. In the meantime, there are plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to, so get on to that. Until next time.